Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. Welcome to session one of Speak Up for So Powerful. The instructor is Betty Johnson with assistance by Jan Cancilla. Participants are identified by first name and they are Pat, Kathy, Laura, and Chris. Betty opens the first session. Okay, so this is a review of our domain objective for Speak Up for So Powerful. Um, and by the end of the program, we'll have worked on developing, practicing, and delivering um, talks for different audiences and for different purposes, learning these things here, the importance of knowing who our audience is and how to prepare different talks to fit different time lengths and different audiences, ways to personify our talks with our own so powerful experiences, tips, demonstrate a simple purse-making or note-card-making technique, and that will come later on, not in the first few talks that we work on. Ways to include the So Powerful mission and values appropriately for every group and how to end each of those with a call to action. Do we have any questions about any of those? Jan has define, a question. Can you define a call to action? What, what do you mean by that? A call to action is really, and in, in the sales world, it's, it's the pitch, what we're expecting the customer to do. In this case, we're hoping someone will want to learn more about sewing purses, someone who will want to look up on the website, someone who will call us to learn more about this, someone who might be interested in joining the Facebook group. So it's an ask at the end of the speech. And when I get to my part, I'll demonstrate for you at the end of my 30 second talk a call to action. And we can break that down when we get there, but it's the ask at the end of the reason why we're talking to someone or a group of people. Any questions there, Jan? No, I'm teasing. The, uh, and I wanted to review um, information I'd provided uh, the other time on the audience. I believe very strongly that thinking about who your audience is and what's important to them will play a huge role in how you develop each of your talks. Are you having your 30 second talk with an individual or is it a group of people? Why are we talking to this individual? Is there a purpose? Do they, have you found out they have a stash of fabrics? Um, have they asked about a purse you might be wearing? I, I wear one every day when I go out and I've had people ask me about that. And that's an opportunity for me to talk with an individual about so powerful. Or is the group you're talking to a small group, a small club, a cluster of friends that you might meet up with for coffee? What's in it for them? Why are they interested or why might, I'm sorry, why might they be interested in connecting with the mission and the goals? Or is it a civic and a social group? And our goal is to match their mission with so powerful through education and awareness, and ideally to find some others who might be interested in sewing. And then there's the large group, and that's the more formal setting at a convention, at a big meeting, where we're talking with slides, we're talking with the big display board about the um, so powerful mission on a big, grander scale. What I'd like to do as we move through the meetings is develop, is develop one and then use that as we move on to move into the next one. So the information from the 30-second talk that we'll work on 
will then be able to be used in the 60 second talk as we more fully round that out. Any questions about this in the audiences? Okay. And I just wanted to remind everybody um, our upcoming meetings. We have tonight's meeting, which is the February 4th, and we're doing the orientation and the anatomy of the 32nd talk. And then we have five more, and hopefully you have these dates that were in the information packet that you received. Any questions about these at all? Nope. Okay. So just getting some basic things out of the way. So let's talk about preparing our talks or our speeches. And here are a few tips that Jen and I came up with, but I'd like to open up the floor for discussion um, to allow everybody to uh, participate. First tip I always use is I write it out. I write out my talk, whether it's a two minute talk, a 30 second talk or a 10 minute talk because I like to practice it while reading it off the page and then work my way off the page. And that's tip number two is to practice with others, with somebody in your household or in front of a mirror. And then I mentioned that each talk builds upon the one prior. I think it's ideal if we use a little bit of personal experiences as we go along and develop our speeches. We'll want to know the so powerful mission <clears throat> and all the related information very well so we'll be talking about locating all those resources and to remember who our audience is and the setting. And then I wanted to open the floor up to Zoom tips and I am not the Zoom expert. Jan I know is an expert in Zoom and we may have a few others here, but if we could take a moment and I'd like to, is everybody off mute? They are. Take a few moments and everybody share something that makes Zoom different than having a meeting in person. So is there anybody who'd like to volunteer to come up with an idea how Zoom, Zoom is different, Laura? It's sometimes difficult to, to know who's got the, the right to speak. People will talk over each other. Any other tips that you can think of? Pat, what, what makes Zoom different for you? I don't know if I want to say different, but one of the, my Sunday school class does Zoom. And um, it's very annoying when there is background noises, telephones ringing, TV on, dogs barking, or that type of thing. So I think we need to be able to learn how to navigate around distractions. Appreciate that. Kathy, anything you can think of that makes Zoom different from an in-person discussion with someone? The interaction amongst people, you have kind of that delayed, it, and it's hard to see people's body language is different in person than it is online. It is, so the whoever the speaker is, especially in a group setting, it's hard to have that reaction that you like to know if you're going down the right path with the folks or if you need to redirect what you're talking about. You don't get the feedback that you would that you would in person. Right. I guess I guess the good thing is Zoom makes information available to lots more people than just those within the room. So that's one of the pluses on Zoom is that you can reach more folks and include more folks. I mean, geographically for sure. 
And I think we're saving time. We're not having to drive somewhere to have this meeting to learn how to give a speech. It saves a whole lot of time and cost. So it, that's the plus side. It's a different kind of a fear factor online versus in person if you're the presenter. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, I, it then, just depends on how comfortable you are with it. And then to amp up, we're being recorded for posterity. That adds a whole nother layer on top of that. Yeah, you're right with that. Well, I have, this is the first time I've used Zoom. So this is one of the challenges with Zoom is that you may not have a laptop or a desktop device. You may be using a tablet or a phone and therefore understanding for those that you're talking with, let's say we've been asked to talk to a group at the church, but we're meeting virtually and you know there are gonna be folks in that group who don't have the same access to Zoom because they're using a different device. And I think that's good to know up front. So as you're preparing to give your speech or to be part of the group presentation, you can work through some of those things, much like Jan did early on with renaming each of us on there so that we have our first name showing and we can go back after the fact and fix our name through the participant button there's a lot to learn here on Zoom. I don't think we're gonna learn it all with this class, but if we can learn a few things together, I think we'll all be better off as we do these speaking presentations in the future with groups. You can also go up to the upper right-hand corner of your picture and you can meet mute there. And right. I don't know if you can see it, but... You can only see your own, I believe, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One other thing with um, Zoom that I find is when you have somebody who doesn't stop talking, um, how do you control if you're in a presentation and they, they start, you know, talking or asking questions? How do you limit their time so everybody has a chance? Well, Pat, I guess my opinion on that is that it would be very much the same as it just if you were in a meeting. I mean, you've been in meetings where somebody hogs the floor basically. So right. uh, it's really sort of up to the, the host and the host can, unfortunately, they would have to talk over the person to say, let's open the floor to other questions or something like that. So. Yeah, that's, I think that may just happen. Yeah. Would, would the host ever want to mute that person or would that be disrespectful? Well, I think it depends on how disrespectful the person is being, but <laughs> probably in a so powerful setting, I can't imagine any, any of us being more than just too chatty. I, I can't imagine us just saying anything awful, so. Yeah. In this setting, I agree with you. Yeah. My other question is, and I don't have the answer, so that's why I'm asking the questions, is if I'm asked to make a presentation with a group, but I'm not the host, I would think that the host and the presenter or presenters would want to talk a little ahead of time about a, how to handle some of these situations, and of course, of the sharing the screen or those kinds of things, too. Would you recommend that, Jen? Sure, Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. And okay. um, I just was invited to give a speech to the American Association of University Women um, outside of Austin, Texas. And when I got the invitation, I thought I would be driving there. <laughs> but 
we, we know that didn't happen. So um, we just made arrangements and um, the, you all were in a waiting room before you came in and she just kept everyone else in the waiting room. She let me in right away. We had a 30 second talk about, you know, the logistics of the meeting and then she let everybody else in. So it worked out fine. Okay. Yes, go ahead, Kathy. Um, sometimes it's nice to have a helper, kind of a, what do you call it, a moderator or something. If, because if you're the, the facilitator and someone is in the chat box, having a second person um, ask those questions or, you know, feed those comments into the conversation, because the, the person who, like you as the host, would find it difficult to do chat at the same time. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, on Facebook, uh, on So Powerful Live that Jason and Cinnamon do the last Monday of every month. Uh -huh. I'm the moderator on Facebook and Tori Elwell is the moderator on YouTube. And so we're watching all the comments and then we're feeding certain comments to Jason to mention on air because it's too disconcerting to try and read the comments and be on air. So I think that's a really good point. And I, I don't know if you all are aware, but that you can chat with each other and the group. So again, Chris, I don't know how this works on the phone. So I, I'm so sorry, but if you hover your mouse over the bottom, you'll see some options and one is chat. And if you click on it, there's a place in the lower right-hand corner where you can Type, type a comment like Kathy just did. Be careful because the default is that the message goes to everyone. So if I wanted to say, can you believe Pat is wearing that pink sweater again? And I send it to everybody, then Pat would see that. So, I, and I don't recommend saying that. That's a lovely sweater, Pat. But so, you can also do a direct message. Right, so I could just say to Kathy, can you believe Pat is wearing that pink sweater again? <laughs> and, and then Pat would see, see it that. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, so chat is chat is helpful because it's also good where you could say, you know, I couldn't hear that, I didn't understand that, and then I mean, I like raising my hand in a Zoom meeting. I mean, you know, because it's. It's, I mean, I think sometimes it can get the attention of the presenter. If somebody's presenting and you need them to clarify or slow down, we just raise our hand and, you know, that's what happens, so. I think it's very complicated though when you've got maybe 20 people or more with you. So it there's, does. A, there's a group size issue that plays into how many, you know, extra features we wanna use. Well, that that's absolutely true. And typically I think you can see I think you can see 25 people at a time. And um, I'll just relay a real quick story. Um, my husband and I celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary um, on September 7th at 2.30 in the afternoon, which was Labor Day. And we got married at 2.30 in the afternoon on Labor Day originally. So we were gonna have, well, we were gonna go to Europe and then that all got canceled. So we planned a Zoom party and we invited a hundred people. They were on Zoom. Our pastor conducted a ceremony. We restated our vows. Everybody did toast. We all talked to each other, but I could only see 25 people at a time. I had to keep flipping Scrolling. my screen to see everybody, but it was, 
So that's my Zoom experience, my best Zoom experience. It was really fun. Some high school friends had recorded a song and I was able to play that and share that with everybody. So Zoom can be really good. And Kathy, you listened to the podcast today, I, I know. And, you know, um, I'm trying to remember which of those ladies said this. It, uh, it might've been Dolores who said, by being on Zoom, she's able to have one-on-one -on -one conversations and see people and you see their names too. You know, that's the other, it's like everybody's wearing a name tag on Zoom mm -hmm. where they've gotten closer together because they have all these Zoom meetings. So anyway, that, the pluses and minuses. Okay. Any other Zoom comments that anybody would like to make or tips or any questions about Zoom for this purpose? And we're talking through the tips. And I think we are just about ready to talk about the anatomy of a 30 second talk. I would like to add that I hadn't written down, but the practice part is so important. And as I've practiced my speech for you tonight, as short and quick as it is, I found that I have done it many more times than I actually recommended. I'd recommended reading it out loud to yourself three or four times. Uh, reading it out loud and timing it, putting your timer on with your phone or whatever timer you have, uh, reading it out loud in front of others three or four times, but then the, the last part is you want to get to where you're off the page and memorized, and so that is our goal as we move forward with our 30-second talk. The parts and pieces that make up a good 30-second talk are these, introduce yourself, make a quick connection with the audience or the person, I have a personal connection with the organization so powerful in this case and mentioned something about the mission, something that's appropriate to your relationship with this person and then include the ask or the call to action. So I think everybody would be comfortable with the introducing yourself. Have any of you struck up a conversation with someone um, about so powerful that you just met at in the Joanne line or at a quilt shop or someplace else? I yes. see Kathy saying yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, after she measured several pieces of fabric, she's like, so what are you going to do with all of this? <laughs> and then, you know, that led to the conversation of, um, I told her what it was and it involves it's like oh okay and and then i'm like do you have a place that i could advertise and well we have a bulletin board in the back that if you want to put up a poster and i said okay thank you so, so it was a quick conversation well yeah because she she was counting so she couldn't we couldn't oh, carry on a conversation you know very in between pieces you know kind of mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anybody else have a quick short story about a time yeah laura the gal who is at the post office at the grocery store who takes all my boxes and, and puts all the postage on, she asked what's in them because the last box I sent, I, I mentioned that there were 27 purses inside the box. So we had a little discussion about the mission and, and what the purses were going to be filled with. And then I gave her one of the little flyers and she seemed um, just real pleased with the idea that somebody was taking this on, but I don't think she sewed. So the call to action was, was lacking okay. conversation. That's an opportunity for us to address moving forward here. Yeah. Well, but you know, this yeah. is the thing, you never know who she's going to tell 
Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's like a pebble in a pond. You, you just, you just can't, can't predict what's going to happen. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a story. I was at Joanne's um, and I go there quite often to fill up with my SF 101. Um, and the lady at the counter who was measuring, I bought 20 yards because when you have a coupon, you're going to overbuy. Right. And that poor lady got flustered. She kept stopping and starting. I think it took her four tries. And we did talk about sewing and purses and Zambia and that kind of thing. But I didn't have a well-structured, rehearsed, little short 30-second, one-minute thing in my pocket. And this program is going to help me have that next time I'm there. Mm -hmm. Anybody else have any stories of anything that's happened recently? No. Nope. Well, Pat, oh. you... Oh, oh, Chris. Chris? Yeah. I was at a, a quilt shop in Northeast Iowa called Forest Mills, and um, I was looking around, and I usually go for the remnant piles or the clearance section, and I was talking to a friend about my purses I make, and the owners overheard me, and she said, well, I have some fabric back here. I'll be glad to give you. She gave me a huge Ooh. piece of wow. fabric, and then when my friend went up to pick up her finished quilt, they sent down another huge piece of fabric. So, and it's great, it's flannel, but it's beautiful fabric. So that talk was worth worth a couple pieces of good fabric, that's for sure. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was, wow, that's exciting. I hope that happens to me someday, that would be fabulous. <laughs> Pat, I'm Thanks. sure you've had experience with it. I'm an introvert, so it's hard for me to initiate a whole lot of conversation, except at the quilt festival. They would come by the booth. I could start talking to them. I love your idea of wearing a purse. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really great. You don't seem like an introvert to me. You seem very personal. Well, I'm, I'm fine in small groups. I just don't do well in big crowds. Okay. Well, hopefully some of the practice we're going to do here will help us gain a little confidence to That's do this with the point. larger groups. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're here to do that. Thank you. Any questions at this point in time? Yes, Kathy. So um, when you ask that question, like if you meet someone at the, at the cutting table and they're asking about the project and maybe your course will help resolve this, how do we determine how serious they are I mean, are they just asking in passing or how do we present it so that it maybe um, inspires them to pursue it? So, so what talk is that the, you know, are they, are they just being courteous and asking or do they really want to know more? My opinion is I would start with your 32nd one that you're going to work on between now and two weeks from tonight. And gauge then the interest at that point. If they ask a question or want to know more, then you can expand that to what you'll develop as your 60 second to add more information about the mission and personal experiences. But I would start with that 30 second. You're right, you wanna gauge what the interest is and to know if you can go on farther. Sometimes, are you the type of person, I don't know if you guys are like I am, I might, kids always got mad at me and we're traveling and I'll just strike up a conversation with anybody and about anything, whether it's the weather, the, the delayed plane, the lost luggage, whatever it is. And so I can start the conversation, but then I quickly try to figure out if it's worth pursuing further 
or if we're done talking and I need to mind my own business at that point. Yeah. Pat, were you going to say, oh, Jan, you were going to say something? Well, you know, uh, it sounds like Joanne's might be our common denominator here, but, <laughs> you know, so the first time you're there and you give them the 30 second speech and then you come back and they go, oh, you're that purse lady. And then that sort of opens the door to tell them more and, you know, whether they want it or not, maybe is, is uh, I, I'm telling them because I've got a captive audience, they're having to stand there, cut my fabric, but, um, and then other people around you hear it too. So, I, I mean, I think it is tricky. And, and I've heard this statistic that people don't really engage or recognize until they've heard something seven times. So the first time you tell somebody something, it may not resonate with them, no matter how eloquent you may say it. It might just be that they're not ready or it's just not registering. And I mean, that's why they play the same commercial on TV over and over, over and over. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've watched a commercial, I'll go, oh, look at those cute kids. And then at the end, it's like, well, what product? I mean, I don't even know right. what product they're selling. And right. then maybe the next time I'll watch it and I'll get a little bit more out of it. And, you know, I, I think it could be the same here, so. Okay. Any other questions or comments before we move on? Okay. So the next segment is my giving you my 30 second speech, which is not on so powerful. So I don't taint your future speech. But what I'd like you to do is to do me a favor and we'll do this every time. I would like for you uh, when I'm done or while I'm speaking to add any comments you have about how I'm performing in the chat box and send those to Jan so that I don't see them. And what Jan will do is then she will um, summarize those for me and without telling me what Pat said or what Laura said or what any of you said, she'll just give me the overall arching concepts of what everybody thought about how I did with my speech. And as we do that tonight, that will be the model for us moving forward as each of us gives a speech next time. Everybody can make comments too. And at that point, it'll be to me as the coordinator. But for tonight, because I'm giving the speech, it will be to Jan so that then we can improve and then we're not knowing exactly who said what. So, and Pat, I do love that pink sweater, so. <laughs> okay, so if you're ready, I'm gonna do my 30 second speech. Is there anybody who has a timer on their phone who'd like to time me to make sure I'm within the right time frame? Ideally, it's about 25 to 35 seconds on this first one. So, so just a minute. Chris doesn't have a way to give feedback. Should she email her stuff to Jan after the meeting? Great idea. If she doesn't mind, Chris, what do you think? No, that's what I figured I'd do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay so Jan will wait to hear from you before she sends me along. And Jan, you're muted. I was going to say, if you would mute your microphone, because that when we want that to be our practice, that we'll all be muted while someone is giving oh. their talk. So okay, good. Good point. And Laura, if you'll start the timer um, when I say hi, my name is. Okay, thank you. Okay. Hi, my name is Betty Johnson and I'm a travel consultant with the local travel agency. It sounds like you enjoy traveling just as much as I do. 
My husband and I recently cruised through the Panama Canal. And last year, we rode trains through France, Italy, Germany, and Belgium. As a travel consultant, I have access to an array of vacation options, and I can help you plan your next spectacular trip. Here's my contact information, so feel free to call or email me when you're ready to think about traveling again. You can go ahead and unmute yourselves. 32 seconds, very good. Okay, I practiced 100 times or at least 80 times, I really did. So if we think about that, and if you'd go ahead and write a few comments and I'll, I'll just talk for a moment. I introduced myself at the start, I, who I am, what I do. I tried to make that connection with travel with the person right off the bat. So there had to have been something that we knew about with travel. I talked about a personal experience. I told them that the, the options that I have, and really I inserted the mission of our travel agency in there. You didn't know that, but I did that. We provide, you know, spectacular, navigate, navigators of spectacular vacation experiences. So I threw that in there. And then my call to action at the end was, here's my contact information. You can call an email when, when you're ready. Anybody have any comments you'd like to share with the group or any questions about that? It goes by like that. Mm -hmm. You think it's going to take forever to get through your speech, and it's over before you even kind of can think you're even doing it. So that's where the practice comes in, the timing comes in, doing it in front of somebody and stumbling through it a few times comes in. It pays off. I can't tell you how many times I did it, but it pays off in the end. Jen? Well, and well, and one other thing from my experience when you have a timed speech is sometimes you try and cram too much information in. And one of the things my speech coaches always said, there's two things you probably can never overdo in a speech. You can't speak too loudly and you can't speak too slowly. You need to be able to speak at a pace people can understand. And if you have more information than that, You've got to take it out. We're at the end of the agenda. Thank you for listening to session one. Please tune in to session two. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful story. Thanks for listening. Now go out and have a so powerful day.